Today we're talking about, again, coarse fall cover crops. Mm -hmm. And how long have fall cover crops been around? A long time. Not just fall <laughs> cover crops, but cover crops in general have been used for centuries and centuries. Even back in the Rome. the Roman Greece. days, they used them. Four such benefits as we're going to talk about today. So today is the day you get our recommendations on what you should be planting this fall as far as cover crops go. Welcome to the Road by Road Gardening Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the internet where we talk about gardening, a little bit of cooking, and growing your own food. Now sit back and enjoy. Hey, I'm Greg. I'm Sheila. Thank you for joining us. Got a great show talking about cover crops. If you've never used cover crops, they have a huge amount of benefits in building your soils, controlling nematodes, you know, keeping that nutrient cycle going, a lot of different benefits, and we're talking about that today, but first, we got to cover some housekeeping things. Okay. How about that? All right. What does the perfect tomato taste like? Sweet, a little acidic. It's subjective, isn't it? Somewhat yeah. different people. Some like them really acidic. So, a breeder called Sinjena sent us a little package the other day and wanted us to try some varieties and talk about them. So that's what we thought to do. Now, one of these varieties we actually stocked. Now, the other two we're looking at. What I found interesting is the order they said to taste them in. Yes. Because of the flavor palette. Mm -hmm. So this one right here is called Carolina Gold. It's real similar to a variety we carry called Yellow Boy. Yellow Boy is a Simnus variety, and this is a Syngenta variety here. They call that gold it's orange. They call it gold. The one that we have is a little more yellow yeah. than this one is. It's not quite as gold, but it won our taste test about a year, a little over a year ago. So the yellow oh, tomatoes man, have the yellow tomatoes have really come around. I don't know that we need salt to get a true flavor to them. So the first thing we're going to do, get you a slice of that right there, and we show everybody how pretty this is. This is Carolina Gold. It is a Syngenta bread product. Very low acid. I see what they're saying now. Very low acid. It's meaty. It's, it's meaty. It's a beefsteak type, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken there. Yep. I think it's on those other pieces. Oh, really? I've got it over here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yes, we got them right here. Let me get these out here. We got all the cards on this right here. So there you have it. There's Carolina Gold. It's a determinate type, best for fresh eating, salad, and slicing. Um, it has few seeds and it's determinate. It has, uh, it's not prone to cracking at the top. It's interesting. Not my favorite. It's, it's okay, but it doesn't have a lot of flavor to it, to me. I like the texture. Do you? Okay. Then we move on to the next one, which is called. I may have, see if I can get everything. I suppose should have had everything. I had it all laid out You had there. it all laid out there. I don't even know if I have the corn. There it is. We have Mountain Man tomato here. Ooh, Ma I like that name. Mountain, Mountain Man, Man is a determinate type and has all kind of disease resistance to it. It's a hybrid, a determinant. Now they call this a large fruited tomato. That doesn't look real large to me. But it is a nice tomato. Now this was probably grown in a greenhouse? No, no. I don't think so, but I'm not sure. But look here, oh, very little nice. cracking right there. And that was a day or two old, but here's very little cracking, which I thought was interesting. Now this tomato here, there you go right there, is supposed to have more acid than the Carolina Gold, the Mountain Man. It's more of a balanced flavored tomato. 
definitely mm -hmm. more acid to that. I like that better. Mm -hmm. Not a real sweet tomato. So that's the acid flavor I'm taking? That's more of an acid flavor. Yes, it is. Which actually gives that tongue a little tingle. Gives the tongue a little tingle. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that's a pretty good tomato. Now, here is the holy grail, folks. I'm fixing to show you right here. This is a variety, if you've been in the garden very long, that you know a lot about. It's called Super Sweet 100, which is an indeterminate cherry-type tomato. And it has got really good disease-resistant, and it is super sweet. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Are you ready for a little story on this Friday right here? I actually talked to a lady that has worked for Syngenta for a long time. And she told me, we was actually in line getting ready to eat. We was in a buffet. We was in some trials up in uh, Iowa. And she explained to me how Super Sweet 100 got their name because she was actually there. She said they had trials going in this large field, trials going, and they did taste tests. And they decided that they wanted that super sweet cherry tomato that was on row 100. Ah. So they said, go get us that super sweet one that was on row 100. And that's how Super that's Sweet that's 100 that. got its name. Ah. Actually, it's been offered since back in the 60s. So it's an old variety. It's a hybrid variety. And look how pretty these things are. These things actually load up on the vine. And as far as cherry tomatoes goes, it is one of the most sought after cherry type tomatoes. Mm. That's better than the... Pop, pop, ma'am. What is that flavor? Mm. It pops, don't it? I mean, just a minute you put it in your mouth. That's better than those, what is it, sun sugar? The sun sugars is very good, but I think All this right. rivals that. Folks, we have added this variety to our product line here, the Super Sweet 100. So we have them available. Try growing them. If you've never grown them, try growing them next year. I would grow this along with the sun sugar and taste it too mm. and, and compare them. Good stuff there. Can you move this out of the way? Hmm. That's a heavy hunting board. Oh, cutting board. Yeah, That's good. You that? I'm good. <laughs> All right. I got some goodies in the mail this week. Mm -hmm. From She actually called me. Her name's Ashley. And she said, can I send you a present? Said, sure. So she sent us a box of goodies. Some very good cheese straws, I think. They were good. They I know. Were good. I didn't get any of them. They were good. Take my word for it. They were great. <laughs> And uh, some uh, pumpkin stuff, fall stuff, mm -hmm. some blueberry cookies. Yep. All good. So thank you, Ashley. And they're from North Carolina. Yep. Pine Town, North Carolina. Howells Mercantile. Howells Mercantile. So if you're in North Carolina, go give them a visit. Yep. Really nice people. Pine Town, North Carolina. All right. So let's talk about, I got my glasses. Yep. Good. Got my glasses. Let's talk about cover crops. Okay. Okay, now before we talk about cover crops, let me explain to everybody something other. There's a little bit of a tight market on crop seeds right now, such as cover crops. So, it's Thursday night and you're watching the show here and we're going to be talking about cover crops. However, it's going to be next week before we get our new shipment of seeds in. So just write down tonight what you plan on planting 
And when we get the new seeds in next week, we're, ship, we're expecting a big shipment in. And all of these are going to be this year's seeds because we're pretty much sold out of everything else. We will shoot out an email talking about we got our new shipment in and then you can place your order. You can be assured, excuse me, that you'll be getting fresh seeds because we are a little bit on the downside on inventory. Or you can sign up for the um, restock notification. Yep. But the point is, just wait and give us about a week till we get all these in. We're just going to get you pumped up tonight about these fall cover crop seeds and then we'll get these seeds in you can place your order. And... Uh, we're going to be a little bit short. We, we plan on having everything, but we was not able to get the quantities on a couple of them that we wanted. Mm -hmm. But they'll be there till they're sold out. All right. So, as we know, we talked about fall cover crops a lot in the past. There's several different reasons you want to plant them. You know, if you've conquered nematode problems before, or you had nematode problems before in the springtime, you know they can be detrimental on such crops such as roselle, such as okra. okra. You can plant cover crops specifically in the fall of the year to counteract some of that. Hard pan. You have these hard soils, maybe not good soils, and they get really big hard pans underneath there. We've got cover crops such as daikon radish that will help take care of that problem. Biomass. We all love that biomass trying to increase our organic matter in our soils. We have them for that. We have them for disease, to help any kind of root disease to help cleanse the soil of that. So they have multitudes of multitudes of uses. Now, what about allopathy? What? Allopathy. Now, that's a new word you throw in there on me, girlfriend. I learned that this week. Say it one more time. <laughs> I may not be saying it right. Allopathy. Allopathy. I kind of like that. So tell me what it means, and I'm going to add my two cents to it. It's all about weed suppression. Mm -hmm. So they are certain crops mm -hmm. that when the residue starts decaying, it releases these chemicals that keeps weed seed from germinating. So you could use it for weed control as they break down. Now that's very interesting, isn't it? It was interesting. So one thing that you may not know, or you may run across that you've not known that you knew was any Nebraska family out there and your mustards release some of these chemicals when we break them down. So let's just take for granted that you've got a field of cabbage or you've got a garden spot full of cabbage, broccoli, or whatever, as long as it's in the Nebraska family. And you go out there and you hair that spot up and you want to replant immediately. If you replant immediately after you hair them up, you're probably not going to get any seeds to germinate because of this uh, gassing up effect of that word that you said. Allopathic. Allopathic. Any of these brassicas, when they first decay, releases this gas that keeps seeds from germinating. Which is a good thing. You just don't want to plant right behind it. It is a good thing. I have known a farmer that actually went there and hired a cabbage field and went back and planted a crop behind it and got just about zero uh, germination of the seeds. And he didn't know why. I come to find out it was because of that. Can you say that? Allopathic. Good. Yeah. Job. Yeah. Good there. So that is a huge benefit, but it's also a side note to know when you are tilling those brassicas in, give it a couple weeks and let those leaves release their chemical and let them decay some before you go back in there and plant again. Or you too could be facing very poor if no germination on your plants, especially if you're going to plant a cover crop. Which brings up a point that yes. you need to plan 
before you plant. Yes, plant before you plant. What do you want this cover crop to do? Right. So all these benefits that we've mentioned to you now, now we're going to run through a short list, and we're not going to try to make this very complicated. We're going to run through a short list and give you our recommendations on some things you should plant and how you should plant them. So the first, let's let's I tell you what, let's break this up in three different groups. Okay. Okay. And we're talking about cool season cover crops, people, not warm season. So if you go to our website and you hit filter and filter on cool season, that's the ones you need to be concentrating on within the next few weeks there. All right, let's break it up into three different categories. The first one is legumes. And if you don't know what legumes there is, legumes is a class or family of plants that attract nitrogen out of the atmosphere and attach it to its root system. We have clovers, we have peas. That hairy are vetch. Hairy vetch is a legume. Sun hemp, which I'm getting off course here. That's a summer that, annual. Yeah. That is a, a legume as well. All those are legumes. All right, the next one we're gonna break into, and we could classify these as monocots, but we're gonna call them grasses just to make it simple. And this is your ryegrass, uh, and things like that. Ryegrass and rye, excuse me, both of those are grasses which are used extensively with cover crops. Then the third one technically is called Forbes. Forbes is everything that doesn't fit in the first two categories, but we're going to call it just miscellaneous. We're not going to get real technical in this, but if you want to get technical and impress somebody, you would call them in Forbes. the Forbes category. Forbes is all your brassicas and your mustards and everything else that doesn't fit into the legume or the grass family there. Yeah. Ideally, when you're planting cover crops, we talk about mixing them sometimes. A lot of people like to mix them. And we talk about monocultural monostands or monotypes. And that's where you just plant one type out there. And we're going to talk about what you can mix and what you can't mix. But let's run through. Okay, we talked about the... Uh, the, the legumes, we talked about the grasses, and we talked about the forest. Another one that I want to add to the forest is the super beef facilia. That would be classified underneath the forest or the miscellaneous, which is a new one for us this fall. We've carried a facilia in the past. Mm -hmm. This is, The super beef is a new variety for us. Tillage radish would also be considered into the miscellaneous. All right, so let's talk about monotype or monoculture stands or plant alone types. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about mixes. And I got my right here. Okay. Monotypes. If you are interested in keeping a good crop out there for your pollinators, and you're interested in nematode reduction, I would plant Super Beef Flacilla. Super Beef Flacilla of all of our winter cover crops is going to be the best one for you pollinators. It also will reduce your nematode population by up to 30%. And it does a good job of keeping the nitrogen cycle pumped in. It's pretty. So it does all of it. It does all of it. It's heat tolerant and it will also tolerate down into the 20s. Now you mm -hmm. folks up north, it's going to get in the low teens or something like that, it's going to kill it. So it's not going to withstand any hard, hard freezes. But here in the south, it pretty Is much... Is there any of the fall crops that are take the cold, cold weather? Oh yeah, ryegrass will take it way, way cold. Yeah, a lot of those will. Now some of the, and the clovers will take it pretty cold. Now your peas won't take it as cold as some of the rest of them. But yeah, a lot of them will take it some real, real cold. So if I'm planting fascia, separate fascia, I'm not planting it with anything else. I'm planting it right by itself. Okay. Clovers. 
Now this, what I'm telling you is my opinion. A lot of people's got different opinions on this stuff. We just laying it out there as we see it. I would plant the clovers one variety in each plot. I would not mix my clovers. Why? The reason for that is, is because they got different growth heights and they grow off and peak at different times. So if you was to plant white Dutch clover along with frosty preserve clover, that frosty preserve is going to get way bigger mm -hmm. and it's going to shade out mm -hmm. that uh, white Dutch. Now each one of these clovers have different advantages and you could plant them, but I just wouldn't mix them. I would plant them separate. Now your white Dutch is going to be way more heat tolerant and it's going to last a lot longer in the spring than any of the rest of them. Your frosty preserve is going to give you more biomass than any of the rest of them. It's going to grow up taller and it's going to have a real pretty bloom and it's going to do great. And then your crimson clover is going to be kind of in the middle of that. And I think the crimson clover is probably better for the pollinators than the other two. Just my opinion. There. opinion. Just my opinion. Throw it out there. But I would plant clovers each in their own variety. And maybe if I wanted, if I had three different spots, I would plant a type in each different plot. That way I could turn them over at different times. Daikon radish. Daikon radish is one I normally plant every year and it spreads out and it has that long radish that goes down into the ground, busts up the hard pan. You can also eat them. You can also eat them. They have them in the grocery store. We seen them in the Publix last year, didn't we? And animal food too. Mm -hmm. They break down real easy. It's real easy to get rid of. I personally would not mix anything with that. They have that long prostrate type stand to them, so I don't think it would work well to plant anything with them. I normally plant those by myself, and normally every year I plant them too thick. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things you really don't need to plant that thick. Mustards. Uh, a lot of people plant different mustards in the plot. I wouldn't mix my mustards up. I would plant, if I'm going to use strictly as a cover crop for nematode suppression, Kodiak brown. A lot of people say, well, can I eat Kodiak brown mustard? Well, the Kodiak brown mustard is really, really spicy. So you're probably not going to do well eating it. It's meant more for a cover crop and it's nematode suppression. If you didn't want to plant that one, you want to plant regular Florida broadleaf, you could eat that one and also use it as, as a fumigant as a cover crop. It's not going to work quite as well as the biomass decays for the nematode suppression. But heck, you get to eat it too. So that's a good one there. But I would not mix my mustards. I would plant just mustard. Okay, what would I mix? Here is some. There's going to be a common denominator here, and it's ryegrass. Excuse me, not ryegrass, rye. What I do like to mix is rye and vetch. Mm -hmm. Vetch is a, is a uh, legume. Rye is a grass. Another one is rye and impact forage collards. Really? We don't talk about that a lot. Yeah. Yep, because those impact forage collars kind of come up and there's a lot of underneath, uh, underneath that you can fill in with that rye. And that would be a great one for you guys that would like to forage off your cover crops. So you can eat the collars. Well, the animals could. Uh, Not you, but the animals could eat those impact forage collars. I've never heard anybody eating that particular variety. Yeah. But your animals love it. So if you wanted to farm off them cover crops, which is a great strategy, that's what would be a good mix to do. Impact forage collars with rye. Another one is rye with Australian winter peas. Would be a good mix. Pretty much what you don't want to do is you don't want to mix two in the same family. So I would never personally plant two legumes as a mix. 
I would never plant two grasses as a mix or I would never plant two of the forbs or the miscellaneous as a mix. If you're gonna mix, if you normally want the benefits of one and the benefits of another, so you would take a legume and mix it with the grass. Okay. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. All right. So. So talk about terminating. Which of these is the easiest and which is the hardest? Pretty much all these winter crops are a lot easier to terminate than our summer crops because they don't have as much biomass. Probably the hardest one was going to be the Berserm clover, and, and it's twofold. Uh, one reason it's hard to terminate is it does create a lot of biomass. So you do have that biomass. You could mow it and then till it in. If you have a flail mower, that would probably be one of the hardest ones, and the biomass is a good thing. The easiest for me would be rye and daikon radish. Those are the easiest ones. I wouldn't even mow those. I'd just go in and till those be done with it unless my rye was way up mm -hmm. and that daikon radish man that sucker breaks down easy tiller hits it psh, yep Ooh. and when to plant when to plant great question mm -hmm. my boss all right so in zone seven september to 15th to august 1st is ideal time for y'all august 8th october 1st august 8th zone eight zone eight October 1st through the 15th. Thanks. Mm -hmm. October 1st through the 15th. October uh, October 1st through the 15th, zone 8. There's something about that with your daylight time there that you're going to get the best germination on those seeds there. Zone 9, October 15th through November 1st has been your prime ideal time for plant cover crops. Now, if you can't meet that window out there, do the best you can with it, but you're gonna get better germination and a better stand, and they're gonna harden off better before the cold weather gets here by planting within those dates that I just mentioned there. Cool. I'll just give everybody just a quick, on our website down at the bottom down there, we have the rates, but I'm just gonna give you a quick one right here. On the winter rye, it's 2.5 pounds per thousand square feet. On the hairy veg, it costs for one pound per thousand square feet. That is for a standalone crop there. If you're mixing those two together, bust that in half and go with uh, one and a half pounds of the winter rye and a half pound of the hairy veg per thousand square feet. It's a good rule of thumb to do there. And there's also a chart on the website with all these cover crops and what they're used for and the rate mm -hmm. and if they're fall or spring. Yep. A lot of different options out there. Pick the one that best but suits the problem that you have or the problem that you're trying to correct there. I am planting super bee facilia. Oh. I'm going to plant me a small thing of daikon radishes, and I don't know what else yet, but I know I'm planting those two. How about you? I'm not planting any. You know, you're, you're full cropping everything mm -hmm. this way. Yeah, cool. And your raised beds. You filled up, right? I'm, I'm filled up, yeah. or I will be. Yep. All right, so let's talk about strawberries. We still got a few strawberries out there. If you've missed the boat on strawberries so far, you need to go to our website, buy your strawberries. We got those on pre-order now. We'll be shifting them before you know it. We don't have that many left. I looked at the numbers this morning. We do have some left, so you want to go ahead and get those. They will sell out. Garlic. We should have garlic in next week and start ship, uh, selling German white garlic. And shipping? Shipping, yeah, we should. It's going to ship. We, the end of next week, we should be shipping it out the end of next week. 
And elephant garlic will be soon too. It should be any day that it should be coming in. Mm. So, yeah. Our warehouse will smell like garlic. Smell like garlic again. The post office will smell like yep. garlic. Yep, yep, They love it. Yeah. Yep. And onions. Onions, onions. We got onions, onion plants, Vidalia onions. We got those pre-sale also. Those are selling out fast. Go, go ahead and pre-order what you think you want on your onions. These are not Vidalia type. These are actually Vidalia onions grown. The plants are grown in Vidalia soil. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And they're Vidalia type. Okay. Garden spotlight. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let me get to I'm my mixture. You, you just here today. to keep me on straight, yeah. All right, so Paula Barrow from Odessa, Florida, which is down in Pasco County, which is about middle Florida, mm -hmm. sent us some garden pictures that she had, and she sent some pictures of some beans, but I just want to spotlight her sunflowers. She's in zone nine. Man, look at her sunflowers here. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful one right there? Mm -hmm. And also, she's got some branching type. And she took some close-up pictures. Oh, that looks like a firecracker. Oh, my goodness. Look at this one. Here. Or a joker. She does such a good job of her photography. Mm. These things are off the chain. She is, like the rest of us, she is hooked on sunflowers. So if you're not growing sunflowers, you got to be growing them. Mm. Thank you, Paula. Yep. Thank you for sharing your garden pictures with us. And if you want to share your garden pictures under Hodge University, I think so. There's a link where you can send us your garden pictures. Yep. Corny joke. All right, I'm ready. You ready? This was sent in by Adam Weber a couple months ago. Oh, Adam, yeah. Do you know Adam? Yeah. Weber Farms? Yep. What do you call blueberries playing a guitar? I don't know. I ain't got a clue. A jam session. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. That was good. That was good. Jam session. All right, what about the old goat? Oh, the old goat, yes. The old goat's hiding somewhere on the set. Yep. Maybe in something somebody sent yep. me. We have old goat figurine on the set here, and if you find the old goat, put it in the comments below, and then we will draw your name on the following week's show to send you a coveted horse merchandise. And this week's winner is Charles Hazlett. Did I say that right? Hazlett? Let me get this right here. Charles, send us your shipping address to CustomerServeHossTools.com and we'll get you a coveted house merchandise sent in the mail. Folks, remember, we talked about cover crops. We got you all worked up about them and you got to be thinking about what you're going to plant. Give us about a week and we'll have them in and you can place your order. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, make sure that you sign up for our newsletter where you can get all the updates on what you should be doing when and updates on our inventory as well when we get new things in or we restock on something other and we have the restock notifications as well. Uh, something else in stock is the uh, drip layer attachment. We have the drip layer attachment finally back in stock. I hear rumors that we're going to have a few cedars in a few days. Oh, That's just rumors, rumors, just rumors, but we'll see about that. Things are getting a little bit better on inventory-wise, just a little bit. Is that it? That's it. All right, folks, thank you for joining us. Cover crops. Remember, cover crops, if you don't try nothing else this year, try that super beef, super beef flacilla. I think that's going to be a winner for us all. All right, thank you for joining us. Now it's time for you to get off that couch and get out there and get dirty. <laughs>